Hello, welcome to the One Life Podcast. We're talking about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of your co-hosts of the podcast. I'm joined as always by co-host of the One Life Podcast. That's his main title around here. And our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. That's right, main title. And today I'm in the actual seat that usually goes to guests, so I feel yeah. like I'm going to do better somehow. I think, think I so? Am. I think so, yeah. But you're Been not the guest, though. I'm but not the guest. I need guest to, that seat. needs to be stressed. Yeah. I'm not the guest, but I'm sitting in the guest seat because yeah. the guest didn't want to sit in the seat. I you just think. like to sit on the side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so, we have we yeah. have Zach Bilo with us today. Zach's been on the podcast before. Um, he's also um, on staff here at One Life Church as the director of spiritual formation and um, also main part of what things go on in our West Campus. Um, and we are going to be talking about a spiritual path. Um, and kind of like the is that is that what we called it spiritual, spiritual formation path spiritual formation yeah. path. Oh, that is its full name. I'm That's glad right. we had this conversation. <laughs> Has you a middle name. Two of the three words, right? Yeah. Okay. It does have a middle name. That's the first step. Uh, but that's something that's recently kind of new here at One Life Church, something yeah. we kind of always have talked about, but now we actually have it um, on our website and have it on um, just in everything that we're, we're trying to plan people to do. And so we want to talk about a little bit how that came about, what that means, and um, if you are attending, attending One Life, what that means for you, um, or if you're someone just listening, you just caught the podcast, you're like, maybe, maybe that's something that our church needs to think about um, or evaluate in a new way. So that's what we're going to try and do today. All right. And I think we're going to achieve it because I'm sitting in the, in the middle <laughs> seat. <laughs> I feel pretty. Uh, well, I, I'll frame a little bit if it's okay. Yeah, please. Right. Well, you know, uh, all churches are called to... Um, you know, reach people and, and teach people in the end, you'll go to make disciples of all nations and everybody goes about that in different ways. And, and what I've learned after doing this for a really long time is that the name of the game is intentionality. And, and I think everything we're going to be talking about is, is related to your own personal life because um, how do you grow spiritually is a great question. What, what actually happened? How do you grow into the likeness of Christ? Cause that's the goal. And, uh, and I reference, I've, I've referenced it in a ton of sermons, but one of my favorite uh, studies I've ever seen is called Move. Uh, it's, it was a, a study of hundreds of thousands of people across thousands of churches around the nation, and they asked that question, and how does the church contribute to that? And so we've always based off of that in some ways because I like the fact that it was objective data because they asked a good question and they didn't know the answer when they started. A lot of people have theories. Um, but so some of what we've done in the past and then now what we're doing even more is um, – uh, is related to that, and it's got some um, it's got some objective data behind why it's this way, and why there even is the word path, uh, because that's one of their findings is that you need a pathway, you need some kind of um, track you can run down. So, um, and, and that's why we have a director of spiritual formation. <laughs> and someone needs to be thinking about this path, and that's who Zach is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've been working on, uh, this is kind of what I've been working on the past year or so. And, um, even in the language, we, we chose, chose the language, language for specific reason, reasons. You know, a lot of churches you probably hear, you've heard the word discipleship before, and you've heard, you know, just spiritual growth. Um, but that feels almost like a separate thing, like you're adding on to your normal life, this other thing. Um, and so we use the word formation because, whether we like it or not, we are all being formed uh, in one way or another. You know, human beings are not static or dynamic, uh, kind of always shifting and growing and learning and changing. And so uh, that either happens unintentionally just by culture and environment and all that stuff, or 
there are things that we can do intentionally to kind of help in our own formation. And so, um, and so that's why we, we use the term spiritual formation. It's because we are focusing that part on, uh, of the formation process for us. And that's a good point. You're getting formed one way or the other. Anyway, uh, you're formed by the, the experiences you have, the things that you watch the listen, music you listen to, the people you interact with, everything is forming you one way mm-hmm. or the other. I'm getting formed right now. That's just right. being with you oh, guys. Uh, yeah. uh, but, and again, the, the name of the game is intentionality. What are you going to allow to form you? So, uh, I'm glad you're at the helm uh, to, <laughs> to, to help and, form us that way. And when you're thinking of that, like, um, we think of a path, like, I think everyone's kind of used to that. Like, you go through school, you kind of know the, the track or the goal, the, the path you're going down if you're, you know, even, um, especially college, like, you kind of meet with an advisor mm-hmm. and you have, like, these are the classes you take to obtain, you know, this degree. And I know it's not exactly that way, but everyone's kind of used to that. Sometimes you come in, you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I know I want to grow, but, like, do I just like end up here and somebody just need a plan, you know, plan of how to get there. Yeah. And believe it or not, we, we don't want people just to come and be at the services and then go home or be at the services and even just be in a group. And that's just kind of what you do. And you sing some songs, listen to some sermons. The idea is that after you've been here for five years, you can look back over uh, and, and say, you oh, know, I learned a lot. I grew a lot. I changed in this way, in a positive way. And, uh, and, and it, was, it was worth my time. I can actually see good fruit coming, coming out. So, and obviously Jesus had his three-year run that he did with his disciples. Mm-hmm. It was obviously, the more you read it as we're studying Luke, there's a lot of intentionality there. You can tell he took them through certain experiences and taught them certain things. So, so walk us back through kind of, okay, we could have chosen a lot of different things to include on the formation pathway, but why, why the things that are there and kind of describe what they are? Sure, and I think one of the the things that is sort of unique to to one life's uh, path is that uh, it's kind of broken down into two different uh, tracks. Uh, we call it knowledge track and the practice track, because and you've alluded to it before in messages and things. It seems like there's always some kind of debate over. Well, when you talk about spiritual growth, you talk about discipleship, you talk about formation. Is, does that mean a million classes, or does that mean you have to serve uh, all the time? And uh, or is it you know is it more based in actions or more based in learning? And I've been a part of those and 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 uh, and heard them over the years. And we just you know come to realize that it's clearly clearly both. Um, you know we are called and it, even our last series, the listen do repeat. You know there is there Jesus's model of discipleship. Jesus' model of formation was that he would teach um, and he would send his disciples and it was it's very much a learned and lived um faith the christian faith is and so uh, so yeah so on the knowledge track um we have the first the first thing on there is is christian worldview 101 which is a how to read the bible class and that is the kind of first uh the first step on the way because um that same that same um study that move study talked about the bible engaging in the bible being the thing that moves people closest to god and and but a lot of us it just is is so either archaic or, or we just don't understand it. So how can we grow if we're reading something we just don't understand? And so the first thing we want to do is help people get a foundation to have meaningful engagement with the Bible. Let me back you up just a little bit. Uh, when it comes to the knowledge practice debate, uh-huh. uh, d- did you just settle the debate? Because I don't know <laughs> that I was uh, – were you in a group that was kind of arguing about that? And you said, you know, it might be both, and that was the – how all that came about? I, I guess I I don't remember us as a particular moment or anything. I just 
know I have friends that are very much uh, seem to lean um, on the practice side, and I have other friends that seem to to uh, to lean on the knowledge side, and they both make both make great arguments. And so I'm, I guess, some kind of person that is indecisive or something. And so I'm just like, yeah, it's both of them. Sure, um, that everybody. And in a sense, too. I mean, I know this in my own life. There's phases of your life that sometimes, you know, I don't really like the word calling per se. That's a conversation for a different podcast. But like, you're, you're kind of moved into a different. A f- kind of phase of your life of like okay right now I know that I'm equipped with this great community but I want to take it somewhere and do something with it and, and maybe um, I'm practicing there but I want to I want more knowledge I want to understand more of, of who God is and understand it more maybe I've been in this just really knowledge and I've been by myself but I really need to be in practice with other people um, and I think there's different times that you need that you need yeah. different parts I think that's an important part of it because um a lot of these type of paths that I've seen seem to be very linear and, um, and they sort of say, do this, then this, then this, and this, and, it, and it's step by step. And, and what at least I, I know from my own experience and, and others is that there seems to be, like you said, times in my life where, where God is either steering me that way or, <laughs> or I'm feeling drawn that way, but, you know, whatever language you want to put around it. I, I feel like I need, I no, you no, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's call. <laughs> throw my cards on there yeah well if yeah if if uh if you are a jesus follower and you and you uh use that type of language then yeah you could say calling but if if you're walking in a church and you you know you're brand new and and you may not want to use that language yet but we at least have this sense where um right now i need i kind of need this and jesus does call us into both of these areas but um again one of the reasons we use formation is because it is a, a long uh, a long, slow, incremental process that we're formed, you know, into the image of Christ, and so, uh, and so, it's over time in each of our lives, God is working on us and and moving us into to different areas. Yeah, I, I was actually it was it was funny when I when I saw the knowledge practice thing, I thought, oh, that's that's probably the best way to go about it because I've been at a thousand of those debates too, and it's pretty smart to I, I can say that because I think either the credit goes to you or whoever just came down on it that. Typically, the both and thing is true. If there's a huge debate, probably both sides are right. It just you're applying it wrong. It's it's not one or the other. It's yes, Jesus taught, and then he sent them out to do stuff, and then he taught, and he sent them out to do stuff. So it is both at the same time. And I love the fact that that's built into the pathway because it's stressing that because you can go through a season where you really do need to just. Um, accumulate more knowledge and insight into who Jesus is, and, and biblically speaking, and all that. But you, there's definitely times in your life when you've you've learned a lot of things, yeah. And you probably need to just get out there and do something because I've noticed that the knowledge really goes deeper when you have to engage with other people and you have to see things. And so I've always said, you know, mission trips are a very very good example. I love for people to go on third world mission trips because it just makes a lot of that knowledge go into places where it wouldn't go otherwise. So way to go. See, you, you just, that's right. That indecisive well, thing. It yeah. actually, <laughs> and, and even, I know, like, as you're talking about that, like that they both work together. Like, it's not like, um, do this one. And then this, this one afterwards, like even when we were looking at the creative, like we wanted them to be balanced to where like you start in one place and you can go into either or. Yeah, and it's a great it's a great guidance system to think that way. Now you did refer to the okay, so we said if there is a first step, you you know you get a kickstart and that kind of sets the the um, 
let you know what's going on. But then we talked about that 101, uh, Christian Worldview 101, which is the subtitle is how to read the Bible. Right? You're right. Is that yep. correct? Okay. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how much I don't know about this, but I should know. Uh, we call it formation. Really? Uh, wow. Great. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's kind of explore that a little more. When it, when it comes to the Bible knowledge thing, what were you out to do with that? Uh, and, and, and what can people expect if they were to take advantage of that? Um, well, I think what's great about it, and I said, and it's a there's a one lifer um, named Dan Gross who who helped create much of the contact uh, content. So a lot of credit goes to him. And I actually sat through it, and um, you know I've been engaging with the Bible for a, a really long time. I grew up in church and everything, but even even after that, I was like, oh man, this is this is great. And it just it for one, it can help people uh, you know learn how to engage the Bible differently. It's you know there's a many different authors, many different genres of literature in there. And, uh, and then, but it can also just free people. I think, I think that what the reason I would want everyone to, uh, to take the class more than anything is because I think we have this kind of perception about what the Bible is and how we have to treat it. Um, and I, I think that the, this class can be a really freeing thing for that to help people engage in, in, uh, in scripture in a real meaningful way. When you said it was really great, why though? I mean, what, what's great about it? Is is it just good to understand? Is it got to do a bunch of unique things? Does it? I mean, what what for you made it great? Um, I guess sitting in there and watching people have get the aha moment from different things of when you realize that when you talk about Paul's letters being letters and how you read a letter is different than how you read narrative or how you read poetry and when you talk about how a uh first century eastern uh, thinker would think about the bible uh, interpret it as opposed to how we do it now and just a lot especially if you were um especially if you were brought up in a in a pretty conservative um church uh i think again it can be very freeing um in the way that you engage with it I've sat through the first one um, so far because we were trying to pre-record, trying to record all these to make them available on demand, which is something that we just know is part of the world now. People connect on demand and um, some other things on the path. We we get to those that we have worked on already. But I remember sitting in it and I was just sitting behind the camera, basically just kind of just thinking I'll just kind of hang out in here, make sure the camera's working. And I was I was into it, like just Mm -hmm. the conversation and something that I think Dan is just a great um communicator for one but also communicating it in a way that's like this feels so um just relatable and natural and understanding something and not just being like oh here's this this verse i pulled out of the bible and it speaks to me in this moment let's actually understand what the bible is trying to say overall um, as one story so yeah it feels like it it lines up well with our authenticity uh value as well where we're not pretending that the bible is super easy to understand and we're not pretending that we don't have hard questions we're allowing I, re, I remember Dan talking about one of the first times he taught it and and having someone that was a longtime Christian say I didn't know we could ask those type of things um, <laughs> and so I think it lines up well no, great. with that's that great. vision um, or that value statement um, well and think about this if you're listening and you want to grow spiritually the, the, the study I always reference it was fascinating again they started off just asking the question they didn't have any built-in agenda or anything 
what helps people grow spiritually? What what is that? And they discovered and they said the number one thing they noticed was that the Bible, personal interaction with the Bible was the number one thing. It's not the only thing, but it tends to have more impact. And they said across uh, everything from someone who doesn't even consider themselves as a believer yet, a brand new believer, or someone who's been in this thing for a really, really long time, it has that equal impact. And so they said if you can only pick one thing to do to grow spiritually, it would be that. But the problem with it is, we all know this, you open up the Bible, and we all, many of us are, are, um, are just ignorant of how it functions. And I feel bad for people. Most, many people may not know it's not in chronological order. You know, it's, it's, it's in type of book order. I, I recently went through the devotional, in my own devotional, I went through the minor prophets. And in some ways, I felt bad for people. I thought, if there are people out there reading this, some of this stuff is just so yeah. completely indecipherable. You don't even know what it's like. What is he talking about right, right now? And so it's to be equipped where you don't feel just ignorant of the thing and know, know where you are is enormous. And then you can open the minor prophets and get a feel. That's what we're trying to do with the class yeah. is just equip people. You can open up in the Bible and, and do that. So say I do that and I've done my, what else is on there that's, a, that's important to know? Uh, what else is on the, the path? Yeah, just the path, yeah. yeah the so spiritual the, formation path. <laughs> that's spiritual formation path, yes. The, uh, so on, on the knowledge side, we have CW 101, uh, which is the How to Read the Bible, as well as CW 201, um, which is kind of a basic Christian beliefs. And uh, uh, Carolyn uh, Edwards came up with that. And again, another really good one to just talk, why do we use, why do you hear Christians use the sort of language they do? Why do they do these things? It's, again, Getting, getting permission to ask the questions of, of right. why um, and, and getting to, to get some answers. How's that, that different from the Bible one, though? I mean, uh, if, if of the, I think it's more theology, so it's, right. it's instead, of, instead of understanding Scripture, it's understanding the language that has been put around Scripture um, over the years from the church and that oh, kind okay. of stuff. Okay, okay, and, and sort of a why we do these type of practices and things. Uh, so it's about beliefs and practices so they're not foreign to you? Is yes. Kind of, okay. You have a deeper understanding now. I get it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people that have come. I know Carolyn pretty well, and coming out of that that class that she's taught for really a couple of years now, I think. Yeah. Um, so many people have gotten connected from that conversation because, again, kind of what you said about one on one is like I don't know. I could ask those questions and sitting in a place where someone's just saying, and maybe not even having the answer, but allowing you to ask the question. Man, there's some freedom there and allow people to grow. Because um, we, one of our values is we believe you can bring your bring to church, and I, I think we mean that, you know. And sometimes the questions that people ask are like, yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm yeah, glad, awesome. I'm glad you're here asking it, and let's, you know, have a conversation and study together. Yeah, yeah that's, we, it's, it's definitely freeing, like you said. It's it's different than, at least again, uh, especially for people that have uh, grown up in the church and sort of, at least in my experience, had those questions and just felt like I wasn't allowed to ask them. And so for, for a lot of people, if, if your experience was like me in that way, it's just very freeing uh, to get to finally just... Well, and it is my understanding as well that uh, if, you, if you do the live version of the experience, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a live one like on the campuses. Mm-hmm. There's a, a Zoom version. Virtual, yeah. Virtual. Where, but when I say Zoom or whatever, it's still interactive. Yes. It just happens to be virtual. And then there's... A, on demand. On demand, which is you're not going to have the interaction. But my understanding is is that they're designed to be kind of in a, it's not you're going to a lecture and listening to someone. They're more, you circle up and you are taught, but 
you do get to ask questions like yeah. in real time and, and uh, there in the course of the conversation. I think it's important for people to know that, that we're talking about, we want you to have a connection with other people. And like you were saying, Sarah, that people have come out of there and go in, they made some friends mm-hmm. and they were in an environment where you could really dig down deep yeah. with those things. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's important to know. I think uh, that because that's part of your spiritual formation is relationships uh, and everything else. Uh, we have a one lifer here that does, uh, we've had him on Braxton Hunter, who's, he's been on a, podcast before and he deals with almost exclusively the atheist he uh, there's some like 2,000 atheists that listen to his channel now and all that sort of stuff yeah. and he said the number one question that they have is about the old testament mm-hmm. about what why is god the way he is in the old testament he said he confronts that one more than any other single thing and so if if you have that and even as a christian person or unbelieving person you do have the freedom to go into dance class and yeah answer that and i'm sure dan will have some great answers yeah. for you <laughs> or or he might not have the great answers but you have permission to but ask you the have question permission to ask it yeah. yeah and it makes me wonder how many of these people grew up in church and and maybe that's one of the reasons they are where they are because they always had these struggles and just didn't uh, mm-hmm. so that's that's critical to to understand so mm-hmm. uh, so you got carolyn's thing and then finally on the knowledge side what else is yeah centered um which is answer and i always say this backwards and sarah always corrects me but i'm gonna <laughs> say it right this time but probably not because i'm now more thinking it um answering the most meaningful and important questions of life important and meaningful, important and meaningful yes <laughs> You well, know. I, don't, I don't feel so bad for not knowing the spiritual formation thing. Okay. Yeah, so Centered is a, a study of, of worldviews. And again, it's just uh, it's addressing questions, the hard questions that, that everyone has to sort of think through uh, if they're going to uh, live a uh, reflective life at all. And it's, um, and it's answering and exploring questions like, um, where did it all come from? Is there hope? Uh, are human beings, are we just, are we animals? Are we highly evolved machines or are we something else? Uh, it's a really fun, interactive uh, class. And I love our, our CAC team, uh, which Sarah's a big part of, created these short films, um, the voice of the short films. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The that's voice right. of the short films. Um, Launched my podcast career. No, I didn't. I was on the other <laughs> podcast. But the, so for Centered, the, the um, content is sort of driven by you watch this short film and then you, you sort of respond to it and you're looking at how different worldviews answer the question because every worldview, if it's going to be credible, has to at least attempt an answer. So, Well, and, and the reason that one's so important and we put it on the path is it does have to do with our vision, which is uh, planting churches devoted to changing the secular worldview of the next generation. And we, we wanted a baseline of what do we even mean by that? Um, secular worldview is the most common worldview in the United States. And learning how to think that way because you live in a pluralistic society, uh, there's a mosque right up the street from our East Campus. There's a Hindu temple in Newburgh. There's, there's, you're surrounded by all kinds of belief systems. And what that's supposed to do is help you to navigate that and understand what the different belief systems do and how the Christian worldview uh, stacks up and, and, um, and, and how you can understand it in the grid of that in the modern world. It's very important for So I, I'd almost, they're not, they're not requirements. They're not prerequisites or anything like that. But if I could have all one-lifers, I would have all one-lifers go through all these, but especially that one because of that, of our vision and also what you're dealing with in the modern world. It's just, and Sarah is the voice of it <laughs> and help film it and produce mm-hmm. it. And we all did a, 
a lot of work on it. We did, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that's like, okay, this one was worth it. You know, <laughs> we just put, we're still using it. Okay? We have so much that's not worth it. This right. one is worth it. That one maybe. Okay. There's some boxes of books of things that we printed. I'm like, oh man. She always goes back to the books. That's another podcast. As we talk about our my calling is to produce books for Sarah to yeah, print that I love I love the centered class. I, I think everyone should take it. It's it's enjoyable. None of these are like going to the dentist and pulling teeth. These are mm-hmm. fun, interactive um, experiences. And Zach taught that one for the on demand, which we're hoping to launch right now. We actually just made a call to push it back just a little bit because we have a couple things we're still trying <laughs> to iron out of. That's how, how you, bad how I did. Do, no, you did a great <laughs> job. The videos are done, but the interactive side, we still want to create interactive of parts, and then um, we need to make some tweaks on the book. So we're, oh, okay. we're working okay. on some of that. Okay. Yeah, it's a new learning of, again, it this is, yeah. 2020s. Now, does it, it have a uh, virtual interactive version of it? That, yeah, that kicks off in April. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll have uh, on-demand first for Centered, and then April 11th, I believe, the uh, well, it comes on campuses, Um so it'll be on campuses in April and as well as a, as a virtual from there. Excellent. Okay. So that's your knowledge path. Now, am I, am I fair to assume that uh, there will be other things coming in the future, like a couple of years from now where I can study Exodus or I can learn how to do other things? Yeah, I think the, I, uh, at least in my own mind, the vision is uh, you don't want, you don't want this path to have 47 things on it. That you're going right. Through. Okay. So there in my mind, at least there's this sort of catch all, whatever, whatever we call it, one life university or what, whatever, where, where you would go to find all the different sort of content, the classes that we, that we create that, that will, uh, uh, will continue to, to form you. So it's almost like you have the path, which has the seven elements to it, but then, There'll be spinoffs or something that yeah. will be uh, where I can study different things that might be everything from a book of the Bible to how to have a deeper prayer life or some such thing. Yeah, like that. I hope okay. so. Okay. I think that would be good. What are you uh, smiling at? There? I just had this remembrance. <laughs> I don't know. I said a remembrance. I just remembered. Um, <laughs> this was she had a, had a remembrance. That's right. Um, of Dan Sullivan on our podcast saying that his favorite book of the Bible was Numbers. Do you remember oh that? yes, I do. And remember we're thinking that, yeah. like, what if we can get Dan to teach on numbers? That'd be so fun. That, that's true. It would. That'd be absolutely be great. great. And we thought he was just kind of blowing smoke, and then yeah, he, he, and he demonstrated it, why. Yeah. He's like, this is the great story in numbers. And yeah, it's cool. So he does. He needs to teach on numbers. Yes. Uh, okay. So I, I've got all that, and then I've got the practice thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the spiritual, the the Christian faith is not just you know, it's not just a set of beliefs that you sort of assent to but it is a very lived uh, faith. And so we wanted to identify that at least the things that, that we have uh, to help people um, be active in their faith um, in some way that we can help them. And so in our, in our practice track, we have uh, groups, because in groups you are practicing things like hospitality and fellowship and uh, conversation and, and, and group prayer, all these, all these things that are an important part of the, the Christian faith that can happen in in groups, uh, and as well as our teams, which a team is uh, a service opportunity within uh, within the church. Um, you know, in our teams, there are worship and production teams. There's kids ministry teams, students, security, just all, all sorts of things. And and one of the things that we really try to do and pride ourselves on at, at at One Life is that we want we don't want our teams to just be people that get together and complete some task. But we want them to be communities that actually uh, help people trust and follow Jesus. So, 
Um, so yeah, so we're teams. And then the final thing is city. We have community partners that, uh, you know, you get out of the church and, and serve in the community. Because again, one of our values is we don't just build great ch- churches, we build great cities uh, locally and globally. And so uh, we want to make sure and, and highlight that as well. And so the practice track, there, there are plenty of things to join in on and, and get a part of that. Uh, and and I'm I'm sure it helps some people say why do we always say groups and teams what's the difference so in case you didn't hmm. know the difference you just got it yeah. I know that's uh, they're not synonymous that's the that's the terminology we've given them to them, yeah so. so we have groups and and you know you can just check at your campuses or if you're if you're online um, you know check in with us online we have virtual groups as well you can you can find those on our on our groups page but some groups meet in living rooms some groups meet on campus. Uh, and then some groups meet virtually. There's there's sort of options for all. So maybe I'm a group skeptic. I'm just putting myself in, in someone else's spot. I'm not a group so skeptic. <laughs> However, but you've had a lot of experience with groups. You're the director of spiritual formation. You want to see people formed. Why do I need to do that? Yeah. I mean. That's a good question. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to your answer. Well, you're in the spot, center seat. So no. <laughs> that's right. What's uh, your answer? Yeah. Well. One, I think, good answer to that is the way the way that we see Jesus when he was on earth. And, and I've heard this from you. I've, I've been in Kickstarter enough now that I have the I have the videos memorized. And you talk oh, about that's right. <laughs> we made videos for you talk for about how, if, you know, Jesus when Jesus, if, that, if this is God come to earth, if Jesus uh, could have come back, came back any way he wanted. Uh, you know, He could have been a king, could have been a, uh, some military conqueror. He came back and. Uh, as this itinerant preacher, and he and he pulled together this small group of people to to live in relation with, and so if Jesus is showing us what it's like to to, to live life to the full, then there's something very important about that. Um, the fact that that's what he sort of designed his life around, and uh, over those years with them, he he formed that group was formed into something that could withstand. Uh, you know all the things that were to come persecution and the death yeah. of your leader everything else so right. <clears throat> and and we just don't we don't have that time very very much anymore where we're getting together with people uh, and having meaningful conversations about things that matter uh, everything is so short and instant and uh, back and forth social media all this kind of stuff that that to actually sit around with people and have conversations is almost a lost, a lost art in some way. Sure. Uh, And so there's something uh, meaningful about that for sure. But if you are hesitant, I think that joining a team first is a good option. You know, you're together and, and you get a sort of a taste of what it's like to be in a group because you do your, your team sort of becomes a group. It's just not, you, you're, you're serving uh, around a, a common task kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a good first step in because you you have a common task that you're doing, and uh, but it's still relational and we, our goal with our teams. But I got to ask you this, Sarah. Uh, yeah, well, you, but I know group and, and relational life is a very very high value to you. It's mm-hmm. uh, more so than the average person. If I if you think I could, so, I, 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 yeah, I mean mm. that's been my observation over. Over time, pays attention. And, uh, I like more it. Than, uh, knows I, me. That's right, I do. So, but what do you think so forming about that? I mean, why is it such a high value and scripturally, and what is it? But what does it do to form us? I think. I mean, I think of experiences that I've had, and um, actually, kind of leads into what our next series is going to be talking about: being restored and restoring um, each other, and, and feeling restored after kind of a just up and down year, um, but. 
And for me, I feel kind of rest and re- restoration when I'm with people um, in, in a sense of like, you can just be yourself. You can kind of learn together and maybe you're sitting around the table, you know, having coffee, but like, man, I've been thinking about this and you ask it cause you're like, I don't know if I can even ask this question. And then like, Hey, let's talk about it. And it turns into just a bonding experience of people who know you, um, kind of know what you're studying and kind of how you even process things and eventually create the opportunity to do the same back. Um, and it's not just a, uh, um, a relationship. Most of the time, most groups I've been in have never been a relationship where it's like, I'm just grabbing something from them or they're just grabbing something from me. It's always a back and forth. Yeah. Um, and it's a reconnection, but I mean, I can think of moments from groups um, here at One Life where people showed up, you know, like if I was sick, you know, um, actually uh, Zach's family dropped off some things when I was home with COVID uh, to mm-hmm. my house. They were trying to surprise me, but I caught them. Um, <laughs> but it was also super sweet. But it's like things like that of right. people that are in your life that um, I think just knowing care and connection, but also I believe it's it's a good model of who Jesus is, that we are not alone, that we are, have community with people to study together, to learn together, to ask questions. Um, and it's a model like, you know, Jesus's life, but also just a model of who Jesus is in our own life. Yeah. Good answer. Well, well I love I, that stuff. Yeah. Well, like and that's the thing I, did, I wanted to hear people to hear from somebody who was really passionate about it. But I mean, I even think of like students, like, you know, seeing them connecting with people, that's what they want, you know, more than anything. Like yeah. I say students, that's as a middle school, high school here, but um, they want community of people. And if we can create, you know, spaces for them to have community with people, with people and adults who are, you know, helping them kind of just shape some of those questions. And even, they don't even know what to ask sometimes. Like that's still something that's just a, yeah. a model of what we want to create, I think here. Right. And in the course of the, of the 10 years of one life, uh, probably the largest lesson I learned in this season of my ministry, the, going back 10 years before it was missions and the importance of missions. I, I, I went from, yeah, you know, you're supposed to do it to a fanatic about it. Like I had that miniature conversion. We've all have those during the one life thing. I went very heavy mission, but the biggest learning was the community piece through Bible study and through observation, the fundamental importance that God was building a community. And that's what local churches are. People, why do I go to church? Why? Because I've heard those arguments my whole life, and that's why I adopted the saying that uh, you don't have to be part of a church to uh, be a Christian, but you do have to be a part of a church to live like one. Because and, and that because that was a true learning for me on a deeper level. It made me more fanatical about the importance of the of the faith community, and that's why we challenge people to do that. Because I don't think you can be formed in the way you're supposed to be formed mm-hmm. uh, without that. And that's because people always talk about love. Well, that's what love is. Love is. Mm-hmm. I've got to love you guys, and you're in my life, and I and love has to be more than just this theory that you feel good about yourself, just kind of walking around. You think of yourself as a halfway nice person. I have to actually do things like go to Sarah's, and even though I didn't, and you did, <laughs> <laughs> and, and take stuff. I, I texted you when you were sick. <laughs> you did, thanks, thanks, Brad. That was, that was awesome of me. Wasn't it? <laughs> well, those are just examples, you know. Of, of right, things, right, yeah. right. Yeah. An- another unique thing about groups, I think. Uh, Again, it's just that when it comes to the way the world seems to relate with each other now, it's like on 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 social media, you only see the mirror, your own mirror position, like people that agree with everything that you agree mm-hmm. with, or like the complete opposite that you obviously have no part of, and you know, it's just like the polar opposite. Right. Uh, and then and then when we hang out with people, 
generally we hang out with people that look and act and do a lot of things that look yeah. a lot like us. Again, another mirror. Um, but in Christian community, you learn to love and you learn to not villainize people that that have different opinions and views yeah. uh, than you. That you don't, you just don't get in other places really anymore. That's true because it gives you a baseline connection. The crisis of what you have in common, but you may not have anything else in common mm-hmm. as far as backgrounds and all that. Because I've been. I've interacted with people across a wide spectrum of people I never thought I would hang out with, and I think it's uh, it's huge. I also heard a guy, as far as uh, formation goes, he said, "You like the only way you're going to learn patience is to be put in situations that demand patience of you. The only way you're going to mm-hmm. learn forgiveness is to be put in situations that demand forgiveness of you. Anybody can think about you know the knowledge side. That's a great idea. I love to forgive people." Yeah, right. But then you actually get the opportunity to forgive someone. That's what Christian community is for, because the New Testament says that all the time. Like, forgive one another. Well, that's why you're there. It, it, the community is actually teaching you to do that. Um, the, fact, the last one's city, so help us understand that one. Yeah, it's just we um, hopefully our, our formation, ter- you know, we become a person of love. Uh, over time and form into a person of love and that that moves beyond the church into into our cities and so again uh you know the value that we have at one life we say it as we don't just build great churches we build great cities locally and globally and so we you know we have a lot of people in our church and they may connect to a number of other city opportunities but but we at least want to to have an option for people to connect to the to the people that we partner with uh so you know i i uh, attend. I'm a part of the community at One Life West, and so um, we have uh, Dream Center as a as a partner, and we have Daniel Wirtz, and we have Uncharted. There's just a number of of uh, and Community One, just a number of different things that if you don't know, if you don't have a way to to sort of serve outside the walls of the church, we can help you do that. Oh, that's excellent. And and how? And I guess I throw this out to all of us. How's that forming? What does that do? You know, as opposed to okay, I've, I'm I'm on a team, I'm in a group, I'm having a Bible study, but I do those things you just named. What what extra dimension does that bring into my life? I mean, for me, I I see it as like it, I can connect with people on my own. I can connect with people at my church, um, you know, on a Sunday or, you know, maybe a week, uh, sometimes throughout the week, but actually taking that out into the community is actually, I think, again, gospel focused of saying, I'm not just going to stay in this location with it. I'm going to take it out and be a part of that and connecting with more people, um, in the community. And, and also you mentioned mission trips, you know, with uncharted, we're not just talking about local, we're talking about global as well. And so being able to yeah. actually, you know, be, um, Jesus in the world, not just in our buildings. Yeah. It's so interesting too. There's again, it's, it's Jesus revealing, uh, what the fullest life looks like and so counter to what we think because there's been so many times when I'm serving uh, where if you were to pitch the idea to me of what we're about to do, it would sound like a drag or it would sound like something I would not necessarily (laughs) want to volunteer my time to do. But I walk away after it just feeling, I mean, uh, alive, like more the way, like you said, interacting with people, you like, you just develop relationships faster and, and it just becomes this, I don't know, it's this shared experience and it's something obviously that um, that we are sort of uh, meant to do because it, it it does touch something in our spirits that we can't get to otherwise. Or yeah, sense yeah, and it's and it's transformative because I, I, as you were saying that, I thought 
I've been to a ton of concerts. I've gone to a lot of games. I've, I've had a lot of fun things I've got to do. But the transformative things have been those trips like that that put you outside your context. And like you said, in some ways it's a drag. You, know, you go to a third world country and you're helping build something and you're sweating and you're doing all these things. But there's something literally transformative about it that you just hit it at a completely different place than you do in – I still like concerts, but I mean, right, it's, right. It's, but it, but there is, there's another dimension there. You just can't get anywhere else. It's just fascinating how that works. Yeah. yeah I still have a great memory of city serve. We were, we were building uh, raised beds at garden beds at the dream center and it was pouring rain and we're <laughs> covered in mud. And I just like, if you tell that, if you, if I was to pitch that to anybody, it would sound awful, but we yeah. had a blast and uh, it was just crazy experiences with people. Yeah. yeah. It does, yeah, and, and you're looking back on that, and you know, you lay on your deathbed. You'll probably go, remember that time we stood in the rain, got mud all over us, mm-hmm. and built things. Uh, so Jesus knows what He's talking about as far as you know, pushing people and pushing all of us towards that. So that's a why it's uh, that's why it's part of our our pathway. That that I've said many times. I, I encourage everybody to go on a third world mission trip, but sometimes just cross cultural is helpful as mm-hmm. well because it and you can do that locally you can get into context where that demand of you something that makes you uncomfortable or or, or unfamiliar and it, it puts you in a dependent place i think is another part of it because you're like oh lord help me i remember i did ministry i did nursing home ministry I was in college i did not want to do that at all it was completely outside my context changed my life really did i mean just because yeah. it was so counter to what i was i was used to and you know however that works so that's what we're uh, we're aiming for all all of us to do, and Zach's leading the way. Anything else to kind of that you would want people to know about the pathway, or what you'd want to challenge them with? Um, not necessarily about the pathway. I mean, that what something you said that was really, uh, I think, a huge uh, light bulb moment for me was just the idea again of formation. That that when let's talk about I can't. You might have said a person of patience or becoming a person of, of peace. Let's say it's. God could, you know, at the at the moment we receive Christ, he could turn us into that, and we would forever have peace. But the way that he has laid life out and has, has shown in Scripture is that over these small incremental moments in time, we become a person of peace through, through action, and that's the same for anything else. Just this, we're formed slowly over time, incrementally. It's not this quick change. Yeah. Uh, God could do it that way. I always have to put that in there. He could do that. He could take that from you. He could give you that. But but he seems to value the process of becoming. Um, and so there's something must be really important about that. Yeah, maybe it's uh, the analogy is children. You know, we're his yeah. children. And so you watch your children grow. And it's a blast at every stage that they're at. But you don't want them to stay at the stage that they're at. You know, you don't want... Uh, you know, a kid that's supposed to be acting 16 to be acting like he's three, you know, that kind of thing. It doesn't quite work that way. So I uh, appreciate that. Zach, hmm. thanks for all the work on this. I'm excited to you know, be a part of helping continue to create it. So. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. It's been fun. And it is path, not pathway. Yeah. I just want to get that on the record. You said that. Make sure I did. Yeah. So, um, I felt it as soon If as anyone can count the number of times as he says pathway instead, oh. <laughs> we won't give you a million dollars like they did in the Super Bowl. But. <laughs> Um, again, uh, well, we haven't said this yet, but if you want to check these out, you can go to onelifechurch.org slash connect. Um, all of these opportunities are on there. You can find out more information. You can sign up for them. Uh, we'll have information about the on-demand classes, the virtual classes, if you're uh, not in this area, or if you want to attend locally, we'll have information out there as well. So again, onelifechurch.org slash connect. Zach, thanks for joining us. Good to hang out. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me.
Brad, good job in the middle seat. Hey, thank you. You represented it well. I don't well. think I'll be here again, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys again next time.